Welcome to the Your Purpose is Calling podcast, conversations with Christians who are finding purpose, redefining work, and changing their world. I'm your host, Don Sadler. My guest for this episode is the founder of the Sunny Spencer lifestyle brand, Sunny Spencer Matusik. Sunny's successful Apre C brand includes an online store and a brick and mortar retail location in Manhattan's trendy West Village. With more than 20 years of experience in the fashion industry in New York City, Sunny shares her story from working as a buyer at Bergdorf Goodman to becoming the vice president at Project and how getting saved at the height of her career redefined her view of success, purpose, and community. You can access the show notes for today's episode, including where to find Sunny online at donsadler.com slash 019. The Your Purpose is Calling podcast is brought to you by the Bold Visions Brave Warriors Coaching System, helping Christians create vision, commit to action, and conquer their goals to achieve their God-given calling. Visit boldvisionsbravewarriors.com for more information. And now, let's meet Sunny. Hey, Sunny, welcome to the show. Hi, Dawn. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited that you're here. Um, we are uh, we know each other because we go to the same church. We don't often get a chance to sit down and talk about uh, talk about business and talk about what's going on. But whenever we do, there's like this it's like a really intense conversation, and so it feels like such a treat for me to be able to just really sit down with you today and spend some time and share your incredible story with our listeners. Um, so before we get started, why don't you take a moment and tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do? Okay. Well, I'm excited. Thanks for the opportunity. I love what you're doing just to start. Um, Thanks. I think it's going to make a great impact and it already has. Um, so my name's Sunny Spencer. My married name is Sunny Matusik. Sunny Spencer is my business name, my maiden name. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have been in New York for 20 years. I'm from Florida. I moved here to pursue my big dream. Um, I had multiple ideas of what living your dream looked like when I moved here 20 years ago. And I started in the fashion industry at Bergdorf Goodman um, and have 20 years later been through management, sales, leadership, vice president, roles. And now I own my own business, which is Sunny Spencer Inc. And it is a beach lifestyle shop year round. Um, And I am celebrating the 12th month of being here in my flagship store on Bleecker Street. That's incredible. And um, I I really love your your brand. First of all, let's just talk about your brand because your brand is really super fun. I'm a beach lover. So um, the idea that I can go in and sort of in the middle of a snowstorm or a rainy day, like we're recording uh, today is a really rainy day, go in and, um, and, and get prepared for my next, next beach vacation. I really love it. What was the inspiration for that particular type of shop because you've got such broad experience in fashion and we're going to talk more about that history in a little bit, but what was the inspiration for the Apresi lifestyle brand? Great question. I, um, so I was single throughout my thirties and I was in a leadership role, vice president of a company. And I was at the end of, I ran trade shows in the contemporary fashion space 
And at the end of the shows, you know, they're really taxing on your body. And I wanted to just get away. So I went on these beach lifestyle, if you will, vacations by myself. And it would just be a retreat of finding myself, journaling about what I wanted. Um, I was getting coached at the time. So I got to write to my coach about just all the things that I wanted to see come to fruition in my life. And I fell in love with these luxury hotels. (laughs) At the time, I could afford them. Um, (laughs) But I loved just watching like what people would wear. And I got a feel for what you needed on these little retreats and um, just how people dressed. And I was just fascinated by the decor and the lounges and the just the way that like Kelly Worcester, for example, with the Viceroy in Anguilla, like how she designed that place was unbelievable. And I was just in awe over God's beauty of the ocean and just the just the whole feeling that you get in these places. Um, I'm obsessed with the ocean and the sea, and it's like the place I can hear from God the clearest. Um, so I was running these fashion trade shows and I was curating this area. I came up with an idea that obviously was from God, but it was called the Oasis. So in the middle of a trade show where there's booth after booth after booth of just white walls and, you know, brands would do whatever they wanted in there. I curated this Oasis area and, um, the first, I would come up with a beach destination to tie it into each season. And my first one was vintage Hawaii And I went to LA and rental houses and curated these lounges and brought in my very best friend from college to do floral and plants. And we did palm trees and um, orchids and all these beautiful tropical flowers. And people were amazed. And so in the middle of this like non-sexy trade show, (laughs) we had this oasis. And my cousin who is Christian actually helped me come up with the name for it because she's like, was talking about me living in New York city. And she's like, wow, what an oasis in the middle of a city full of hedonism. And I was like, Whoa, that's crazy. So oasis really stuck in my mind is, you know, obviously the definition is on par, but so people would come into this oasis and feel like they weren't at a trade show. They felt like they had escaped somewhere. And trade shows were on the decline because people just felt that they were so not fun to go to. But mm-hmm. but this oasis really changed everything for the business and for the way people felt and the environment really changed everything. And they wanted to buy everything. So all the things that I had rented, they were trying to purchase. So I realized that God had given me this idea and that he was going to do something with it in the future. So God had told me, I want you to go to the beach and I'm going to download the idea um, for your business. And so I did just that. And I had 10 to 12 questions on a piece of paper that I had to ask him, like, what was he trying to speak to me? And I literally remember jumping in the ocean with the idea of this shop, Hmm. this brand, if you will, and being so excited about it. I want to go back a couple of years. First of all, I didn't know that story about how that brand came to be. I think I only knew parts of it. So that I, I love that. I didn't know the trade show piece. So that's really interesting. I want to go back a couple of years um, before you opened your shop, because I think there's a context here that our listeners would be really intrigued by. And that is um, 
you know, you worked in fashion, you were, you, you do work in fashion, obviously, but even back then you were shoulder to shoulder with designers, you know, name brand designers that we would all know. So you were really operating in, um, in an area of fashion and at a level in fashion that I think a lot of women who love fashion aspire to. And, um, so I think my first question is, and I think a lot of people have this question, how the devil wear, wears Prada, is it actually in real life? Was that really kind of the environment that you were working in at the time? You know what? Yes. There are, <laughs> there are, there are so many elements of the fashion industry where that is a very real thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I literally felt like at times in my career, I was on the mean girls. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and the thing that's so interesting about that is that you had built a name for yourself in fashion. You had achieved a level that I think a lot of people aspire to. Um, you were in this very fast paced world. Um, and then it was right at that point um, that a couple of people walked into your life and everything sort of turned upside down, right? Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so I left my career at Bergdorf Goodman after 13 years, um, working with all these amazing, you know, world-renowned, famous designers. And, you know, the, the most well-known names in the fashion industry. Um, so I was recruited to run trade shows and what I was told I was going to do and why I was brought in to do this thing. Um, when I started, my job was completely not what they told me it was going to be. So it was really, really hard on me. And, but through, and I was like questioning, why did I make this jump? You know, why did I go from being a well-known person in the industry in this amazing company to running fashion trade shows were like, I'm chasing people down to sell booth space. Uh -huh. And I was, like, I was like, what did I do? And um, God had a plan the whole time. So what in one of the trade shows, I met um, the downtown community pastors, um, Steve and Ray Matrainer, that they were running a showroom. Mm -hmm. They were showing their brands in the show. And I remember just being asked to church and I was like, yeah, yeah, right. Like catch you later. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I was busy. I was, I literally was traveling all over the world at the time and very single and just busy. And I really was like, yeah, when I have time, I'll come. And I, you know, I was pursued and the persistence of Rayma was life-changing. I went to church, gave my life to Jesus, and everything shifted after that. That's so great. And just for our listeners, uh, just for context, Stephen Raymond were the pastors, uh, downtown pastors of Liberty Church at the time. They are no longer. They've gone on to to start their own church, but that was the that was the reference point. So you um, so you were working in fashion. You uh, had this uh, lifestyle. And then some people came in, invited you to church, didn't just invite you once, but kept at it. 
And then you started coming to church. And how did that change? How did that change your life? How did that change your work? How did that change your view of success? Like what happened from there? Everything happened. Um, where do I start? So I would come into church. I'm getting emotional. Sorry. That's okay. I would have shopping bags every Sunday. Hmm. Just fill the stuff that I would buy. Just trying to fill myself. Yeah. With things, you know, at the time, like, that was my joy. Shopping was my joy. And I remember so clearly like just coming in every Sunday and I would either be super hungover <laughs> and literally be like, Oh, it's six o'clock and um, I'm still hungover on a Sunday. And where I would just go to a bar and have a drink by myself before church. Mm. And that was my, my norm, you know, I would go to dinners by myself a lot. I loved doing that. Um, and my friends at the time were, you know, I was dating someone um, and I knew he wasn't the right person. So I just quickly ended that after starting going to church. It was like I had clarity. And then I realized that my friends started to change as I changed because all of a sudden I became like holy sunny. <laughs> you know, I wasn't into getting, you know, hammered anymore. Um, I didn't really need to fill myself in the ways that I used to. And then the shopping bag stopped, you know, and I started serving and had to be at church at 9am um, to serve, which I thought would be an impossible thing when I first started going. Um, and then I started to notice the shift, um, not just in my personal life, but in my work life. Um, I just really started taking the advice that my coach had given me, which was take off the mask and be more sunny. And I realized like through going to church, um, just that God had created me this way. Like, um, what I thought were weaknesses were strengths. And I just started like owning it more. And I went from having just, I guess, strife in the workplace to building a team, a team that surrounded me and that would support me no matter what. And um, we just had camaraderie and we had unity and we really worked towards a common goal together. And there was no competition. It was like all of a sudden I was praying for people. I was praying for people that didn't like me. I was praying for people that wanted to see me fail. I was, I was really going after the hearts of people and connecting with people in a, in a totally different way than before. And I saw such a shift, not only like in my team and like how great I felt in my, in my job and what I was doing with the brands. I started building like relationships with brands or just speaking truth into, into people that I never met. And just the boldness started coming and coming. And then it just was like an overflow of boldness and prophetic words that I would speak and just, you know, like things that were unimaginable before started happening. Um, 
and I just felt such a peace uh, that I didn't have before. I was sleeping better. I had insomnia, you know, for at least eight years where I was taking multiple types of medication to be able to sleep and insomnia just left when Jesus was my savior. Hmm. So many types of changes and differences um, came. And it wasn't, the thing that I want to say is it didn't, you know, going to church and being saved didn't stop problems from happening. It didn't stop conflict. It didn't stop challenges, but it definitely helped me respond completely differently. What would you say to, um, you know, I'm just thinking about the listener who's maybe, uh, gosh, I just have such a heart for that listener who's maybe has this job or has this life that looks really good on the outside, that looks really enviable from the outside, but maybe they're in a similar space where they feel like there's a hole and they're just trying to fill it with shopping, which I can relate, did that for many years, or alcohol or or medication or just something. And, and maybe they just don't feel like they can be transparent or vulnerable enough to ask for help because of this, like, quote unquote, super successful lifestyle that they have. What would you say to somebody like that? You know, I think if that person is following Jesus, amazing. And if you're not, let let God guide you. Let Jesus be your savior because he really does save and he really does want to see you whole and healed. And I think that the people that are in that situation where they're afraid or they're still wearing the mask, you know, they're still covering, they're still covering up what's going on inside and um, there's some healing needed. And so I would just say, get the healing that you need, whether it's you're Christian and you need to go into prayer ministry, um, which Liberty provides an amazing prayer ministry service. Um, which I don't know if you want to get into that, you know, how to's, but get the healing and the help needed, like heal yourself from the inside out because that person that you are on the outside, it's all about the condition of the heart. And my heart was so messed up (laughs) before my church life. And even now, six years into being saved, I'm still doing the work. I'm still getting prayer. I'm still in community. I'm going to my friends for prayer when I need it. I'm still growing. I'm still healing. Um, We're never perfect. And we're all a little bit crazy, you know, in our own right. And so I think the best advice that I ever got was just take off the mask and be more sunny. And my opening up and openness has changed everything. With my staff opening up, help them surround me. Like instead of trying to be perfect all the time. In my friendships, when I open up, everyone else feels like they can open up. And so I just finally went after what I really wanted to because I broke out of fear. And fear comes from a condition of the heart, think believing that I can't do something. Now I actually am doing what I always wanted to do, what was always in my heart. But I was fearful because I was not confident. On Like the word that I have this year is um, authenticity but also um, inner confidence that can only come from the Lord. 
not confidence in like, I feel like I look pretty today, like real confidence, authentic confidence. And you only get that through working on your heart and working on your stuff. That's so great. I want to, I want to back up. I think that's all brilliant. I want to back up just for our listeners. Um, Liberty Church, as you mentioned, has prayer ministry. If you go to Liberty or if you're in the New York area or San Francisco or St. Pete, where we have campuses, but we'll also include in the show notes, um, some links of, um, where you can go for resources. But, uh, I do want to talk specifically about, the importance as part of that, excuse me, the importance of being in community. Cause I know that for years, um, when I was, you know, walking a similar path, very successful, trying to fill the hole with a lot of different things. Um, I was in church, but I was isolated. I was sort of like me and God ride or die. You know, we're just going to work this out. I don't need all of you other people. I'm just, I'm good. I know what I, you know, and, 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 and so I isolated myself in that. And, and looking back now, it's so clear how much I stagnated in my own understanding of how much God loves me or what he has for me or what I've been called to. And so I just want to I, I just want to kind of focus up again, thinking about the listener who might be walking through this right now in particular, is um, just talk about and you and you touched on this, but to dive in more about the importance of a having a community be building a community and see being really vulnerable within that community. And I have to say that's something that um, you model really well. You are incredibly open and vulnerable in community. Um, I'm, I'm sort of in awe and astonished by it. But tell me about the importance of that community in your story. Okay, so I used to have friends that I thought were really good friends and I thought they were supportive. Um, I've always had close friends in my life and I still, to this day, I'm really close with my, um, friends from college. And of course my sisters and my family, like my sisters are my closest friends and there has been never any competition between us. We've always just been really close and open with each other and we love our relationship so much. Um, but when I came to Liberty, um, I met people like person after person after person and start community groups and then through church community that became my family in New York. And it literally feels like they're my sisters and that um, I have family here. Um, it It's an we call we say, you know, you're the best kind of friend, you know, because in I think growing up, we're like, oh, you're my BFF or you're my best friend. But uh, the slogan was said recently, you know, the best kind of friends. And so I just have friends that will pray for me, that will support me through anything. And they're really real. And it's always biblical. It's always going back to what would Jesus do or what would Jesus say? It's not like, well, no, she didn't. You should fight back and, you know, <laughs> never like advice like you would get, you know, back in high school or whatever, really biblical advice and, um, just support. And I enjoy the company of the community. I keep so much, like we love each other. We prophesy and pray for each other. Like a good night out is 
being drunk in the Holy Spirit, not on spirit. Like, <laughs> it's like, it's like so much different. Like, I mean, if you could see me, you know, back in college versus now and what a good night out looks like, it's, it's mind blowing and different, yeah. <laughs> but amazing. It's beautiful. Yeah. I love something that Rayma said. She said, if I, like, if the person five years ago saw me now, I would not be friends with that person. (laughs) And I feel like, I feel the same way. It's just so transforming, but in the best way. And I don't know if you experience this, but sometimes, uh, you know, we are really fortunate to have a good, strong community. But sometimes when I'm, you know, I'm out somewhere and I'll hear a woman being catty or, whatever. I'll just be like, really? People are still doing that? <laughs> I, I definitely experience that. I actually find myself getting annoyed yeah. with people. And then I'm like, oh, wait, that was you. Yeah. 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 It's so true. It's so true. What, um, what would you say to somebody who is, uh, you know, just this idea of somebody with that mask on, what, what are some things that you would tell them about how to just start building that community? I, I, I love that I'm going to answer it. I'm going to ask and answer it in part. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, but I, I know that you mentioned this, and it was certainly true for me and many, many, many others in this podcast, that it feels like serving in the church was really an important part of that. Would you agree? 100%. Yeah. It was like training, yeah. like free training. Yeah. You actually get more out of serving than you give, I think. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that serving um, is something that helped you discover gifts that you didn't know you had or that you, you know, we talked about this before, for example, that um, people in business would tell you that you were very sensitive and later you came to understand that that was actually a gifting. Tell us about that. Well, my coach, my boss at the time was like, you know, Sonny, you're never going to get where you want to go in life. You're too sensitive. If you don't change that or deal with that, you're, it's not happening for you. And I was like, what? And my coach said, you know, Sonny, your sensitivity is your biggest strength. And when I was serving in church on the prayer team, I realized that I had a prophetic gifting and a gift of intercession. Um, So I pray for people all the time and realize that God made me sensitive. If I wasn't sensitive, um, then I wouldn't be where I am today. But I also wouldn't know people's hearts. Like how, if I wasn't sensitive, like that would look, my life would look so much different and God designed me to be sensitive. And I would just cry and I didn't know why, but now I understand why, like when the Holy Spirit is flooding my world, tears come out. It's a good thing. It's not a sign, you know, opening up and sometimes even showing that you're sad is a sign of strength. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. So tell me, um, through this journey, which is a fascinating journey and, and, um, uh, from the time that, that you got saved to now and you have your shop. So do you feel like the shop that you have now, Sunny Spencer, on Bleecker Street, visit today? <laughs> um, do you feel like you are specifically, and I know you said that God gave you the idea for the business. So talk to me a little bit about how this um, shop, tell me how that fits into your calling. What is 
what part does that play in what you feel specifically that God has called you to do with your life? This might be my favorite question that you've asked. Um, I, so I have dreams that I believe God speaks to me uh, frequently in my dreams. And I had a dream about a space and literally in the dream was intermix a blank space, like where I knew it was another brand and then this empty space. And um, long story short, when we looked at the space, we were looking at multiple places um, all over the city. Like, where should we go? Where should we go? And doors were just shutting. And I was getting discouraged. And then finally, we get a call from someone named Caleb, <laughs> who showed us this space that I'm in now. And um, it was the space. It was the space in the dream. And I knew that God was calling me here. I was beyond the shadow of a doubt. Um, the place we were supposed to be. And this street is going through transition. It's really dark. There's a lot of stuff happening here. So I know that the shop is 100% God's idea because people walk in here every day that I never met before. And I have had woman after woman after woman in here that I end up praying with, talking about basically going through a mini prayer ministry in here talking about what they're going through in their life, the career change they want to make, the purpose in their life, um, praying over them, prophesying over them, um, even having wine at times and having them sit in here and talk to me and just like they want connection. They're, they're looking for connection like we all are. That's what we all crave, right? And so they're getting it in here. This isn't just a place people are coming to shop. They feel like they've entered into an oasis, that they've escaped somewhere, that they're in X destination. But the main thing is that like, even just as recent as this Saturday night, I had a woman in here for an hour and a half and we talked and she let me pray and prophesy over her. And everything that came out of my mouth was from the Holy Spirit because it was everything that she was going through. And she's like, how did you know all that? How did you know to pray that? Like, And I got to talk about Jesus and the Holy Spirit and that God loves her and that God had a plan for her and that her burdens were not for her to carry, like all these things. And she was just astounded. And I feel like she will remember that moment for the rest of her life. So you have created a place. Um, I love it. And, and I do think the area where you're located, um, there's some of the like most successful high-end brands in the world have shops in that area. And so for you to have a shop that is not just a business, but a place where people can come in and um, just have that experience that there's a God that loves them um, and speaking and, and, and just your boldness in, in doing that. Um, what do you, what do you have? Is there something specific that you are believing for, for your business? Talking about how this fits into your calling. And that's very clear. What are you believing that your store, the legacy of your store will be? You know, I, I'm believing that. Sorry, this is like, it's an emotional topic because it's so God, but I'm believing that this is a place where um, I'm supporting like entrepreneurs and 
most of the brands that are in my store are, you know, 90% are female entrepreneurs and they are supporting artisans around the world. And, but they also, you know, I, I'm connecting with the female entrepreneurs that are struggling. Um, it is not easy to own a business. (laughs) It's actually quite difficult, especially in the first two years. (laughs) And, I'm believing that after going through this and overcoming everything that I'm overcoming right now, that I will be a force to be reckoned with. And I will be the, as you said earlier, the encourager of others. And that, you know, that God will just allow me to exhort and encourage again and again and again. And I actually am believing that one day we will be lenders and not the borrowers. And I believe that God is moving money from unrighteous places to righteous places. And I'm believing that he will bless my business and that it will be flourishing and thriving and that I will be able to help others, having gone through this experience, having started my own business, helping others follow their dream and doing what they love. And I'll tell you what, I work six days a week. I'm honoring the Sabbath and it is hard to do that when it's your own thing, but I wasn't always like at first I was working seven days a week, but it's, I am finally doing something after 20 years that I love and that I'm passionate about. And it does not feel like work. And you know, it's like that cliche, like do something you love that doesn't feel like work. Well, finally I am. And I want to help other people do that. Um, I also believe that in my business, I will help people find what they actually need not the girl who's coming in just filling herself with stuff, but like, how do we make your life just a little bit better through having things that will carry you through the next couple of years, you know, like not purchasing things that are excessive, but great basics, great items that like you feel beautiful in. And that just makes your life a little bit better, like a smelly, amazing <laughs> candle. Smell <laughs> is not the right word, but amazing fragrance that will make you feel like you're at the beach um, or on vacation, even if you're in New York City in the rain. Um, so it's just helping people find those those little things that are special, like something special. So I do love um, advising people on like what they need. They come to me and they ask questions like, what jeans should I buy? Or what's a great swimsuit? for my body type. And I want to help people with those things. So I think that even in my business, what I'm hoping for is that Bleecker Street, who like there are even celebrities that want to come in here and talk about why everything's closing up, why all the stores are boarded up. And with online shopping today, brick and mortar is becoming increasingly hard to be successful in. But I want the story out there that this is generational. Like moms like to shop with their daughters and their granddaughters. And um, I think that generational shopping, the experience is really important. And it's community. Like there are neighborhoods and communities that are built from, I, I hate to say it, but people love neighborhoods because of the shops and the restaurants. And that needs to, you know, be fruitful. And I don't want to walk into a city where everything's boarded up because online and Amazon has taken over. And so I really want to play a big part in continuing brick and mortar, but in unique curated ways. Um, 
yeah and then and bleecker street specifically is there it's like a beautiful city but it's there's some dark spiritual stuff that's happening here and it was prophesied over me that i was here and physically in this space because god wants to restore mm-hmm. the land so there's big purpose in that like restoring the land and it's the land owners that were here before in the past like had different spiritual agendas if you know what i mean and and God wants to restore that. So if I could be a part of all those things, like I'll be a happy camper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Sunny, I think I speak on behalf of everyone listening when I say you are already a force to be reckoned with. And I'm so grateful that um, I'm so grateful that for your generosity and sharing your story. But um, what I want to do right now is I want to just move into our final five, five questions designed to resource our listeners um, before we wrap up. So let me start with, other than the Bible, what's one book that changed your life and why? I would say Divinity Code. Um, it's a guide to understanding dreams and visions. It was written by um, Christians, and because I get prophetic dreams, words, and visions so often, I literally use it as a resource daily. Like I'm, it helps me understand what God's trying mm. to say. That's so great. And, um, and for all of our listeners, we will include uh, links to that in the show notes so that you can find it easily. What podcast are you listening to now and why? My go-to is our Bethel podcast. Um, I just love the messages, um, the essence of the messages. And so I, I often will just go to sleep mm, listening nice. to them. What's your favorite Bible verse and why? Jeremiah 29, 11. Um, I just think it's so apropos to God's plan for us. He really does have one. He always had one before we were knit in the womb. He wants to see us prosper and he has plans for us, like a hope and a future and not to harm us. And I think just always remembering that Um, it even goes back to scripture that I didn't even know before I was saved. Um, my sister had included that in my mother's obituary. Mm. It's been prophesied over me so many times that God's speaking that over me and it just keeps showing up and it's just so special Mm. to me. That's, That's wonderful. Um, what is the best business advice you ever heard? Run in your lane of strength. And I think that we all could operate in our lane of strength um, and surround yourself with great people that are strong where you are weak. That's really great. And what word of encouragement would you give to somebody right now? Um, Again, maybe somebody who's like, you know, as we talked about earlier, sort of walking in that lifestyle has a really successful career, but is just wanting something more. What encouragement would you give them right now? Just a a vision just popped into my mind. Um, I saw a sign when I was in a cab one day and it said, thank God it's Mm -hmm. Monday. And I looked at that sign and I just remember thinking, I can't wait to say that one day. So my word of encouragement would be make that next Monday. (laughs) Do what you love, run after your dreams. And if they seem too big, it's God. Yeah. Um, would you be willing to just pray over our listeners um, 
many, maybe people who are in that spot where that first two years, the, um, the business is, is growing and they're, and they're dealing with some of the, some of the bumps along the way. Um, would you mind just taking a moment and praying over a word of encouragement over those listeners? Sure. Father, I just speak praise over you. Um, I thank you for what you've done already. I thank you for all the testimony that's out there of you coming through and just carrying people um, through rough seas, um, through beautiful times. Um, I love the quote, but no good sailor was ever made out of smooth seas. And so, Father, I just thank you that the rough seas create nutrients. And I just pray, Lord, that you would carry those that are struggling, that you would give them hope, that you would give them fresh fire, God, that you would give them fresh hope to keep running in their lane, to keep going. Um, yeah, I just, I just pray to keep going and to have faith in the Lord, that he will carry you through um, good times and bad, through sickness and in health. It's almost like a marriage, you know, like those words that you say when you get married are so true with you and God. And I just pray that, God, that you would just develop amazing, flourishing relationships with all your people, um, every business owner that is struggling, that is wondering how we're going to get through or to the next month or to the next like bill to be paid or whatever it is, God, financial stress, all of that. We just cancel worry in Jesus' name. And I... I just, you know, just think of Philippians and it's just like, do not worry about anything, but pray about everything. And I just, God, we lift up worry and stress and burdens and all of it to you. And we send it to the foot of the cross where Jesus will deal with it. And I just pray thriving businesses, those Jeremiah 29, 11 plans um, right now would just come to fruition. God, the purpose and the calling that you have for people would just be so clear and I pray that fear would go in the mighty name of Jesus and there would be more courageous people popping up and just more courage in those that are already running and we just pray God that we can get to your finish line and that we will cross that finish line with and give you all the glory in Jesus amen. name amen Sunny thank you so much for joining us on the show today thank you for having me it was awesome I'd like to thank my guest, Sunny Spencer Matusik, for joining me today. Just a reminder that you can access the show notes for today's episode, including where to find Sunny online at donsadler.com slash 019. If you'd like to hear more conversations with Christians who are finding purpose, redefining work, and changing their world, subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review. This show is brought to you by the Bold Visions Brave Warriors Coaching System, helping Christians create vision, commit to action, and conquer their goals to achieve their God-given calling. Learn more at boldvisionsbravewarriors.com. This has been the Your Purposes Calling podcast. I'm your host, Don Sadler. Thanks for listening. <laughs>